Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. The Gifts of the Spirit is the title of the message today. We've been uh, in a series called uh, Ever Present, the Holy Spirit here. And now, and we've been exploring the life of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is this enigmatic figure in the Godhead that uh, a lot of us don't really know what to make of the Holy Spirit. We know that God is the Creator, the Father. Uh, Jesus is the Son who came in bodily form and died for us. And then the Holy Spirit is kind of like this figure that shows up in the New Testament. And how does He operate? Is He on earth right now? Is, does He have a body? Is He here? Uh, some of those uh, questions, you know, the, 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 they're clear in the Scripture. But I think the most important thing is that we know that the Holy Spirit is present and that He is here with us. That's why the title of the series says there, the Holy Spirit here uh, and now. Because we are called to live a life that is in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter if you're new to Christ, to the walk with the Lord. If you're not a church person at all, maybe you're here today because somebody dragged you here. And they said, let's go to brunch. But first, let me stop at this little place. And you're like, why are you doing this? West Hill High School. And now uh, you're in church. (laughs) Ta-da! We're glad that you're here with us. Uh, And this is for you too, because we all are composed of three parts. We are a triune being as well. We are spirit, we are body, and we are soul. And a lot of us are aware of our soul. We are aware of our consciousness. We know that we exist in a body, but we, we are not really aware of our spirit. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, because He is the one who gives life to our spirit. So we're talking about spiritual gifts today. And uh, I'm wondering if you like gifts. Anybody here like gifts? You have a preference? Is there a, a great gift? Like what, what would you consider? You don't have to answer, but just in your mind. What would you consider? I'd love to know, actually, but it would be a long conversation for all of us to have here. So just, just think about it. What would you consider a great gift? You know, do you like surprising gifts? Like, I like surprising gifts. I like to be surprised. Not like, boo, surprise, you know, not like, don't scare me. Just, you know, surprise me kindly, nicely. Uh, And uh, (laughs) that was weird. And then, uh, (laughs) and then uh, I like also gifts that that mean something. Those gifts are great. And then those are my favorite. And I, I didn't even know they were my favorite until I met my wife. Because my wife is a great gift giver, and she's great with her surprises, and she's great with meaningful gifts. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but, but uh, great gift givers, they do that to us, right? They help us discover what we like. They help us discover the kind of taste that we have. Because it takes somebody else to give you a gift, right? When you give yourself a gift, it's like, is it really a gift? You just bought something. You can call it a gift, I guess, but um, it's, it's, it's great when it's from somebody else because it means, means something. Just a few days ago, I was just beginning to write this message. It just happened this last week. And my wife came home and she showed up with a delic- delicious box of goodies. And in this box, there were two cheese breads and, and a chocolate molten muffin for us to share because one for each would be too much. And, uh, 
and, and although I would have it, uh, but she brought it home, and uh, it was awesome. It was a great gesture. It was surprising, and it was great. A few weeks ago, it was my birthday, and she surprised me with a golf driver, you know? And that was a great gift as well. And then at night, uh, she said, hey, I need you to be ready by 6 because it's, the day is not over, and we're going somewhere. And I was like, ooh, two gifts in one day. It's amazing. And so uh, I, when, when, when that happens, I already know that I'm not even going to look. Like I, I've, I've gotten to the point now uh, that, that I just, I help her keep me in the dark. I don't look at texts. I don't look at the bank account. I don't go digging. I just, I just trust. I just follow because I know it's going to be great. And it was great. We had dinner with two couples that we love so much. Uh, so dearly, and we had a great time for my birthday. And those were two amazing gifts that she gave me on my birthday. Now, one simple glance at this, at these two gifts, and you would, you would think, it's just two gifts. It's great. Awesome. Great. You had two gifts on your birthday. Ah, great. You know, good for you, JD. Two gifts on your birthday. <laughs> but we, we might miss the fact that these two gifts are very different in nature. See, because... Different gifts have different purposes. And if you're taking notes, that's one of the things that you should know. And if you're wallowing on the app, that's one of the filling in the blanks right there. Different gifts have different purposes. You see, certain gifts are gifts of consumption. They're given so that you can consume. Think about a box of chocolates. Right? Think about a spa gift certificate. I'm giving you ideas now. Think about some candles, right? Or in my case, a birthday dinner with friends. Gifts of consumption is right there for you to use, for you to take it and then it's, they're ready for you. But some gifts, other gifts, are gifts of development. They're meant to develop you. You need to acquire the set of skills to actually put them to work, like a book on investing. It's going to teach you to do something or an art set so you can do some painting or maybe a musical instrument or musical classes or a cookbook with healthy recipes or not so healthy ones and in my case golf clubs right i mean i'm not a great golfer i have come to love the game but golf clubs means you got to get out there and you have to practice and, and get frustrated because that's what golf does to you if you know now, did you know that God has given you spiritual gifts? Every single one of you, you have spiritual gifts. And that through the Holy Spirit, you can identify these gifts. And you can, you can develop these God-given gifts right now. Now, remember, different gifts have different purposes. And, and many of us, we fail to develop our, different, our, our spiritual gifts because, because we, we haven't been able to discern what they are. We haven't been able to discover and make a distinction of also their purpose. If we can't make a distinction of, this, of their purpose, we, we, we will fail to understand the purpose. If we fail to understand the purpose of a gift, we can't properly receive it. And I got to tell you, friends, God is a great gift giver. God is an amazing gift giver. He's the author of life. And God has given you the air that you breathe, 
the body that you live in, the strength and the awareness that you have, these are all gifts that he has given you that are freely for you to use. These are gifts of, you could call them gifts of consumption, but there are also other gifts that through the Holy Spirit, God has given us. These are called the spiritual gifts, and these are gifts of development. These are gifts that you have to practice. And I think we live in days that we have this misguided expectation that every gift that comes from God is just for us to use. They're just, they're just ready. They're, they're, you receive them the same way. And if it's from God, we think we should just receive it. It just happens. It is just going to happen by osmosis. I could just take it in, and, 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 and if I have enough faith and I receive it, it'll just happen. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to practice. I don't have to be disciplined. I don't have to do anything with this gift. It's just going to happen. And that's not true. And what happens many times is that we lose faith because we have the wrong expectation and we fail to discern the purpose of that gift. Now think of your favorite singer. Everybody has a favorite singer, right? To me, there's something really special about the female voice. I love female singers, just their range, the way that they can sing so beautifully. And so I have some favorites like Whitney Houston, right? And, and, and Tamia and Ella Fitzgerald and, and Aretha Franklin. Those are some great vocals. And then there's some amazing guys too, right? Good old Frank Sinatra is amazing. Some Brian McKnight, right? One, you like a dream come true. And two, just want to be with you. And three, Explain this. You're the only one for me. And four. Come on, guys. Dante's just leading you guys. He carried you today. He carried you. Buy him a donut. I'm an Elvis guy. Silence in the room. I like Elvis. I'm sorry. I know we have some people from Memphis here. This might not land too good. And I like them. You know, you imagine you're in your house with your nice uh, cup of uh, hot chocolate and it, the snow is falling down and it's Christmas season. You know what's coming on the radio. I have a blue <laughs> Christmas. No? Yeah, come on. That's great. Give me some Bon Jovi on a Saturday morning, all right, while I'm taking pancakes. Oh, we're halfway there. Living on a prayer. Everybody was in a different key. It was a choir. It was beautiful. <laughs> a little dash of Aerosmith. That's good too. Anything, boys, two men. I'll take anything, boys, two men. Yeah, when the kids are not in the room, I'll play boys, two men. You know, Fourth of July. You can't have Fourth of July without some 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 country, right? Carrie Underwood and then and some, some Chris Stapleton on 4th of July with a hot dog and a burger and Old Glory just waving. Right? No? I need to teach you guys to celebrate 4th of July, okay? You hang out with me, we're going to have great 4th of Julys. <laughs> now, I'm naming people from my generation, right? All the youth are like, who are those people? Who are these names you're talking about? I tell you why, because I, I, I will claim this. Songs from 20 years ago and before, they actually mean something. 
they, they have depth in their lyrics. Songs from these days is just about money and lust and the unmentionables, right? A lot of unmentionables. <laughs> a lot of unmentionables. I was trying to build a, a, a clean playlist recently of, of mainstream songs, and, and there was about 100. I went to the top 100 songs, and only 12 were not as explicit. I'm like, and they were not even that great. Yeah, so no, thank you. I'll stick with 20 years ago. Thank you very much. Now, I love worship music too. That's probably what I listen to the most. I listen to a lot of worship music, and I've had the pleasure of meeting some of, some, some of our current legends. Uh, you know, people like Israel Houghton and Donnie McClurkin and Danny Gokey and Joel Houston and Martin Smith and Torrin Wells and, and Cindy Cruz Ratcliffe and... Michael W. Smith, well, not so much now, but yeah, met him briefly and, and met some, some, some awesome people like Kim Walker Smith. And, and all these people, they, uh, they love the Lord. But, but I witnessed the, these people as vocalists. And I got to tell you, these guys, they breathe music. They live and they breathe music. It's their life. Every day. They're so precise about it. They're so strong in their musicality. They're so deep in their search. And then all these world-class names, what they have in common with you and I is that they were born like you and me, not knowing what gifts they have until it was discovered. But even when it was discovered, they had to work it. You know, the fact that they have a gift only means that it might come easier to them. But every single one of them, they had to work their gift. They had to work their craft. They had to invest time. So you don't win a Grammy without developing your gift. You don't, don't write songs that touch people's hearts without developing that gift, without giving your time and your effort and working hard to grow the gift within and there's no difference when it comes to your spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts that God has given you, they, they have to be developed as well. They have to be discerned, discovered, and developed. So listen to this scripture, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts. But the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's a very important distinction here. To one... There is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that, that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in the different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So what Paul is teaching here is, is the fact that, you know what? He lived in a, in a polytheistic society. And people used to think the different gods and give people different powers 
And what he's saying is, no, 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 no. It's the same God, the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us, has given you gifts. And he has distributed to each person as he see fits. And those are the same as your natural gifts. Do you, you don't know why you can sing, why you have a singing voice. You don't know why, you know, sports may come easier to you. You don't know why you might have a mind for math. You just do. We don't pick these things. God has designed them and put them in our lives. And the same is true with the spiritual gifts. So this scripture is not the only one that talks about spiritual gifts. But I, I'm highlighting this scripture because he answers a few questions that we might have, that you might have here today. And the first question that you might have about spiritual gifts is, why should I care? Why should I want to pursue spiritual gifts? Why do they matter? You might say, JD, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a monk or a priest. I'm not trying to do all that. I just, just want to get over some stuff. I'm just trying to resolve some issues. I'm just trying to pay rent. You know, I'm just trying to get over some hangups and be a better person. I, I don't know if I need all that. See, what many of us fail to understand is that you will not have a full life. And you're not going to experience a full life if you neglect the most important part of you. And that's your spirit. That's the, the inner man that God has designed. And some of us, we have matured physically. We have matured mentally. We have matured in our soul emotionally. But we have not developed spiritually. We're still spiritual infants. So you can be amazingly fit, be in shape, and be super smart. And still not know how to pray. You can have stamina to do 100 burpees. I hate burpees. They're the worst. You can recite the, peri the periodic table by heart. And still have no clue what the gift of prophecy means. Not know how to explain it. Think it's a cookie thing, like a weird thing. Not cookie, cookie. And just because you don't understand it, it doesn't mean it's not part of you. See, just because you're not aware of it, it doesn't mean you don't need it. Now notice what we just read. To each one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We all talk about common good. We know what the common good is. And so the Holy Spirit has given us gifts that are meant to be manifested for your good and for the good of your neighbors. For your good and for the good of your loved ones. For your good and the good of those who are around you. Spiritual gifts make you better. See, spiritual gifts bless others. And for some of us, it might just be the thing that we're missing in our lives. It might just be that thing that you, you want. So let's look at some of these gifts. I'm going to go through each one of them really quickly here just to give you a definition so you know. Because some of you have never heard about this. This is all new to you, this idea of spiritual gifts. So let's, let's identify some of them. We're going to put some of them on the screen. I'm going to give you a quick definition. The first one he lists is the word of wisdom. This is the ability to, to, to apply spiritual knowledge or insight to a specific situation. So some of you, you have that. If people come to you for advice... And your advice works. <laughs> That's important. <coughs> and you help them. I choked myself on that one. <clears throat> if people come uh, to you for advice and your advice works, and you help them, most likely you have this spiritual gift. 
Next one is the word of knowledge. This is the ability to have deep understanding and insight of spiritual principles. So it's like you can read the situation. You look at a situation and you read a situation and immediately you have a scripture or a spiritual principle that connects to that and you get it. Explains the situation, clarifies the situation. And if that's you, you might have this spiritual gift to develop. The next one is faith. Now, we are all called to live by faith, right? But this is, this is an extraordinary trust and confidence in God's ability and His power. And we're all called to live by faith. But there are some people that their heart is completely given over to faith. They just have faith that can move mountains, man. They walk in confidence that God will answer their prayer. And when they pray, they, the, the level of faith they have, they see the fruit of it. And, and God uses them. And if that's you, you might have this gift. Then there's the gift of healing. That's the ability of supernaturally uh, heal physical, emotional, and spiritual ailments through prayer. Now what I found out about this gift is that it's directly connected to compassion. The Holy Spirit generally moves people to come. That's how he uh, moved Jesus, moves to compassion. And you feel compassion for somebody's situation and you want to see it change. And faith rises within you to see that person transformed. And if you're drawn to pray for the sick, if you're drawn to see people get better emotionally, and, and, and it's just, just like you feel called and drawn to it, you might have this spiritual gift. God may be calling you to begin to pray for them with faith and see Him, uh, His presence, use you. Then there's the gift of miracles. This is the ability to perform signs and wonders that go beyond natural laws. There are plenty of examples of that in the Scriptures, Old and New Testament. But what many of us fail to, to understand these days is that we fail to see, that, 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 to see miracles because we forget that miracles are a spiritual gift. See, we have disassociated mankind from miracles. We think that miracles are just supposed to happen. That if God wants, He will will and it's just going to happen. But what we learn from the scripture here is that the Holy Spirit uses people to manifest Miracles. See, God always uses a person in, in, in the world. We are the channels, the conduits. Miracles don't just randomly happen. So it's, it's, it's incumbent upon the people who, who, who discover the, the spiritual gift of miracles to develop them and see those happen around them. And there's the gift of prophecy that he explains. And this is the ability to receive and communicate a divine message for somebody or a situation. And it often has to do with future events. And, and it's a divine revelation. Something that you receive from the Holy Spirit. Like the person didn't tell you anything. And you just have a deep sense in your heart of what's going on and what's about to happen. See, now every gift involves the whole person. And all the gifts I mentioned, they involve all of you. Your personality is kind of tweaked for that gift. And I, I used to think that the personality kind of like drives the gift, but it's the other way around. I believe God gave you a personality that served the spiritual gift that He has empowered you to have. And I think that one of the spiritual gifts that's most obvious to me is the gift of prophecy. I can see it. I can see it in people. In fact, I know several people who have the spiritual gift of prophecy, and they're not aware of it. They have no clue. And they're out there. Uh, 
operating in the personality that, 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 that would uh, apply that gift. See, because people who have the spiritual gift of prophecy, they have a drive to speak the truth because they have, they have a sense of responsibility within them. They, they feel like they, they, they need to carry that word of God. They have a burden to see it change. And the person operating in this gift by the Holy Spirit, they will always agree with the scriptures. And they will always be godly. So if you tend to have dreams... Or maybe you, you hear about a person's situation and, and you're praying for somebody and you have a sense of what's going to happen. And if, if, if it has happened to you that you have a sense of what's going to happen and it always happens as you had sense, you might have this gift and you don't even know. That God, God has given you this gift to, to see things so that you can bless people and, and either warn them or, or give them instruction. Then there's the gift of discerning of spirits. I'm going to get through them really quick. The ability to distinguish between different types of spirits. This is an essential gift. I believe we all should uh, seek this gift. Because it's the ability to identify by the Holy Spirit what spiritual influence is over a situation or a person. And this can save you a lot of headaches. Because God can just give you an impression so that you can know. It's, it gives you the clarity of spirit. You can just see the thing and go like, you know, I know what's going on here. Now, if you have that, if you have that clarity in your spirit when you see something, I'm not talking about being suspicious of everything and being a skeptic now, you know, like not believing anything. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, you have a clear picture of what kind of spirit is operating in a situation. And it's not weird. You just, you just know in your heart, you might have this gift. Then there's this gift of speaking in tongues. And we talked a little bit about this in our first message in this series. Tongues, tongues that are, this, this gift is, is, is the ability to speak in a language that's not, that the speaker doesn't know. And it's, what I've noticed about this gift is that it, it's typically you're moved by the Holy Spirit in, in prayer. When you're in prayer. And you're moved in such a way that you begin to speak in other tongues. And uh, I've, what I've known of this gift, and, I, and I've, experienced in my life it's typically happens in moments of prayer and worship and i'll tell you a, a story that I, I witnessed many years ago i'm talking about like 25 years ago it was at our church that i grew up in and we were in worship and it was just a midweek service and there was this lady that was strong in prayer in our church and she was she was sitting in second or third row in our church and it was a smaller service and uh, right about the first song uh in walked these two really tall Russian basketball players. Our town had hired them to play for our, our uh, local team. And, and they, they walked in and they sat right next to that lady, both of them. And so worship keeps going and she begins to be moved. And, and all of a sudden she begins to pray in the spirit. And, and out of nowhere she begins to speak in this other language. And she's just praying to God. And I was there in this service. So I know if it sounds weird to you, I was there, and I was like 15 years old, right? And she's, she's talking, um, and that was not the Holy Spirit. That was just the lights. And she's talking, and, uh, and, and she's, she's speaking, and the, the Russian players start crying. And she thought, I mean, she's not being scandalous or anything. She's just praying to God. She's just being moved by God. And, and then uh, they start crying. 
And so worship ends, the message is shared, and at the end of service, they come and thank her for her prayer, and they were surprised that she spoke Russian. She's like, I don't speak Russian. I was just praying in the Spirit. She said, well, we understood your prayer, and it really blessed us. And so that's the, the, the spiritual gift of speaking in other tongues. And the Scripture talks about the interpretation of tongues as well, is the ability of interpreting the, the, what has been said. Another one is the gift of serving. It's the ability to humbly and selflessly meet a practical need. And some people really operate in this. I have stories and stories and stories of people who, they, when they serve, I mean, they're moved by the Spirit. They have an anointing to serve others. Then there's the gift of teaching, you know, the ability to effectively communicate spiritual truths and principles. And if people come to you with spiritual, tr spiritual truths, questions and, and you answer them and you answer them effectively and you're able to clarify their questions, you might have this gift. Then there's the gift of exhortation, which I believe also we all should practice. This is the ability to encourage, to, com to comfort, and to motivate other people. It's such a special gift, an important gift in the body of believers. And, and this is like, it, the way that it manifests itself in your life naturally is, if, if people always leave you better than they, they came in when they met you, you might have this gift. You might be somebody who has the spiritual gift of exhortation. And then lastly, the last gift that we're going to uh, uh, highlight today is the gift of giving. It's the ability of generously and cheerfully contribute your resources to support God's work and help people in need. Now, this is another spiritual gift that we all should develop. Generosity is at the core of loving one another, right? But some people, they have a spiritual gift where they're just, that's how they serve the Lord with their resources. And what I found is oftentimes in this whole journey of, of church, oftentimes God trusts people who have this gift with a lot of wealth. And I'm not saying that greedy people are not wealthy and that stingy people are not wealthy, but they are not exuding any generosity <laughs> from the Lord. But, but these people, generally, God keeps uh, them blessed because they give freely and they bless so many people. And, and for some of you, you have the gift of generosity and, and you, you've, you've, you're developing it. You're beginning to grow in it. And this is how it happens. You just trust God with your resources. And you know, you get to that point where you don't worry. You don't worry if you're going to have it yourself. You just want to take care of people because you know that God has never failed. And He will never fail. And so you give with an open heart. Because you know God is not going to let you down. And that's the gift, spiritual gift of generosity. Now this list is not exhaustive. There are more gifts. But I wanted to give you a, a, a somewhat of a detail run on each one of them so that you're aware that these things, these are gifts that they're only given by the Holy Spirit. They are developed in the presence of God and you can't really go to school for them. You know, these are deep uh, gifts that the God manifests in us. Now, can you see how these gifts can make the world better? Do you see how uh, the scripture is true when it says that it is, in fact, for the common good? Imagine if we all were operating in our gifts. And if every single one of these gifts was found around you. Like some people manifesting these gifts at their optimal level. And in the body of Christ, we would see all of these gifts just being manifested. 
It would, in fact, be for the common good. So here's my encouragement for you today. Desire the spiritual gifts that God has given you. Because every single one of you, you have a spiritual gift. Listen to what Paul writes to the Corinthians a little later, chapter 12, verse 27 through 31. He says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do, I, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues? He's saying, no, no, not everybody has everything. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. We're supposed to desire them, to develop them. And to become who God has called us to be. This is a teaching message. So that we are aware of it. Because if we know, once we know, we can pursue it, right? And then he continues. He says, now, yet I will show you a most excellent way. See, my prayer and challenge for you is that you would stir up the gift of God in you. Because you have a spiritual gift. You have spiritual gifts in you. That you would desire the spiritual gifts. That you would discover. That you would develop. And that you would walk in boldness with the spiritual gift that God has given you. Because God, here's it's important. God cannot do what he wants to do through you unless you have been operating in the gifts that he has given you. He wants to work in your life. But he can't work. He can't do what he wants to do unless you, you do what he has been gifting. He has gifted you to do. And so prioritize serving the church and serving others with your gifts. And remember, these gifts, they need to be developed. They're not they're just like your natural gifts. You need to work them and see them be developed in your life. But he says there's something greater. There's something greater. There's something that should be guiding your spiritual gifts. You know, he, he lists like, you know, above being an apostle, above being a teacher, above being all these gifts. There's something that's greater that keeps us connected, that keeps us humble, that, 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 that keeps our pride in check. And it's the reason why you shouldn't go off on your own and start a cult and be all weird. He says, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a most excellent way. Here's the most excellent way. See, we all know the scripture I'm about to read, and I think we're going to recite part of it together. I want us to recite part of it together. But we, we, we hear it in weddings, and we think that Paul is being poetic about the subject that he's writing. But really what he's doing, he's instructing the church to know that you have spiritual gifts and God is going to use you and you're going to change the world. But keep this in mind first. Let this be your guiding principle. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and or of the angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy... And can fathom all the mysteries of God and all the knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. If I, have, if I give all I possess to the poor, this is the gift of generosity he's talking about. And I give over my body to hardship, this is the gift of serving. That I may boast, but I do not have love, I will gain 
nothing. So he's, he's being strong in his teaching. He's saying, hey, you should desire the spiritual gifts. You should eagerly seek the spiritual gifts. But if you don't have love, they are worthless. Because you're not going to operate in the spirit of God. And so he continues. Let's actually say together this next part. He defines it. Let's say, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's the picture of love. You know, he continues. It's one of the most quoted scriptures in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Bible. But he's talking about spiritual gifts. He says a little later, he says, prophecies will cease. You know, tongues will be stilled. Knowledge will pass away, but love, love never fails. And so I want to encourage you today, as great as your spiritual gift is, don't let it go to your head. Because God is going to use you. But there's nothing greater than love. And this is what he's telling his church. There's nothing greater than love. Everything you do, church, it should be submitted to love. It is out of love that we ought to pursue our spiritual gifts. It's out of love for God and love for his people that we should seek these spiritual gifts. You know, I'm reminded of Paul encouraging one of his disciples, one of his apprentices, who was a pastor at a church, young Timothy. And he said, I want to encourage you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God that was given to you by the laying of my hands. Fan into flame. Guard the good deposit that was given you. See, it's our job to fan in the flame. It's up to us to fan in the flame. It's the role that we play. It's up to us to develop. It's up to us to keep it alive. It's up to us to stay passionate. It's up to us to stay devoted. It's up to us to maintain the connection, to keep at it, to persevere. When the fire seems to be dimming and the light seems to be going out. It is up to us to fan the flame and say, God, I believe that you have chosen me. I believe that you have called me. I believe that you have given me gifts and I will not bow down. I will not tire. I will not give up, but I will stand in your strength because let the weak say I am strong and the joy of the Lord is my strength and I will find joy in you. It's up to us to do that. And I believe this, that if you do that, you will grow. You'll become spiritually mature. Your spirit is going to mature. And you will discover and you're going to develop the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has empowered you to have that you receive it this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.